everybody to another episode of the Fearless Mums Club podcast. I'm Christine Drummond, your host, and oh my gosh, I'm so excited to welcome our guest speaker today, Claudette Anderson. I had the pleasure of meeting this vivacious lady last year when I was in America with a good friend of ours, and I had I just fell in love with her the moment that she walked into the room, basically, and I'm sure that's how everybody feels about this lady, but... Claudette is a mum to a 21-year-old beautiful girl. She's also um, the godmother to a 24-year-old daughter as well who she helped raise. But to me, I feel like Claudette is the mother to all of us. She is such an incredible guide and she's such an awesome resource for so many women out there and men as well. Um, But she's been such an instrumental light in my life since I met her. And I think you guys are going to absolutely adore this lady. I just want to read a little bit from her, um, from her website so that you can get a little bit of a feel to who she is and um, where she's coming from. So a bit of a blurb from her website says, my life was a series of bad events starting at two years old. It was exhausting to act like everything was okay when it wasn't. Who's ever felt like that? <laughs> um, I realized, And she realised as well that when she spoke to people, other people were experiencing the same thing and she wasn't alone. So she started her journey to discover what real freedom and power looked like and thought if Oprah could discover how to rise out of her circumstances, then I could do the same. So Claudette, welcome to the show, honey. Like you are just a breath of fresh air for anyone that walks into you. You have this grace and this essence about you. And I would just love you to share with everyone, you know, who are you? Like, and, and where have you come from? And, and give us a little bit about who Claudette Anderson is today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. And, and talking about falling in love with someone when they meet them, I thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with you in New York. And when you left, I missed you terribly. Okay, I was like, why do you have to be all the way in Australia? <laughs> so I absolutely, we had so much fun, but, um, you know, I, I started out, so many people have that beginning story of, um, you know, I started out with my dad um, leaving and we were in poverty and things like that. And I just remember at a very young age deciding to take care of my mom. I just, I, you know, I don't know who out there can relate to it, but when a parent isn't quite stepping up and maybe emotionally wounded, she was very wounded because my dad left. Um, I, you know, at two years, two and a half, three years old, I thought that I could take care of her. Now that was from a two and a half and three year old level. And as I grew, it, it, it grew right? Um, It went for me protecting her from a stepfather. It went, you know, my brother and I, we devised a plan to get out of that situation. It went to, and and so I had my moments of feeling like a superhero. And then I had my moments of wondering, why did I even exist? And feeling really insecure about myself. And so I would go from very powerful to, can I even find my underwear? I mean, where did, where did I put it, you know? Um, and, or where are my keys? Or what am I doing? And, and what is life all about? And for me, my real journey, I, I went through a series of relationships that weren't positive. Because when we, when we don't believe in ourselves, and we don't think we're worthy of anything good. We just don't attract anything good. Um, and so I'm not sure. Can I cuss on this? You sure can. Yep, cuss away. Oh, <laughs> oh, God, thank you. So, you know, when you believe all this bullshit about yourself, right? And, and so I didn't think I was worthy of anything. So my first marriage wasn't really that good. And I wasn't in my power. But there were moments that I would step into my power. There were moments that I would remember, I think it's in the remembering of who we really are. And, and I would say, you know, it's the remembering of who we really are outside of what the world has told us, outside of what our experiences have defined us to be. And it's that part of you, it's that core, it's that spirit, it's that fire, it's that, it's that power. And when that part of us is intact, I discovered that that's when we're invincible. You know, it's that spiritual side that nothing can touch. And, and that's 
only when we're in that level of our power can we walk in love and grace and understanding because we no longer have something to prove, right? You know, we no longer have to compete. We no longer have to defend ourselves. When we're in our power, what is there to defend? I'm in my fucking power, right? And if I see someone else not in their power, I call it the monkey bullshit, all those little beliefs that go through our mind running around, and um, I compare the mind to be like that of a chihuahua. And, you know, it's just, I don't know if anybody else has done this, but I used to go to sleep at night and you're supposed to go to fucking sleep. And your mind is just like spinning around and it's like all these thoughts. And I'm like, and then the hours just tick by and I'm like, I'm supposed to get up in like three hours and do this all over again. <laughs> and, and so I wanted to find a place of peace from that, from all the little thoughts that go through that don't support me. And so that began my journey, you know, into what I'm doing today. I was like, I have to be able to get better than this because this really sucks, right? It just sucks. <laughs> oh, honey, I love that. You, you just have a, a way with words and I love how you just, you just make it sound so simple, but it, it's an evolution. It's a self journey evolution, isn't it? it? You never stop growing and learning and evolving. And I love that, you know, you teach people really how to, you know, step into those moments of power. You know, um, I recently watched a Facebook live actually that you did and it was all about mirrors and, um, yes. you know, it just made so much sense. Like I've heard a lot of this stuff before, but you've done a lot of research into that kind of thing. Can you just touch a little bit, tiny bit on, um, on those mirrors <laughs> or pick out yeah. one of them in particular that you like? Oh my God. Okay. There's two. Can I do two? Yeah. Um, there's two that are really powerful to me. So, uh, the first one would be the third mirror. And so if anyone's ever heard, um, you know, the self-love stuff, I'm just a mirror of you and you're a mirror of me and we're reflecting. And at that point, I'm like, there's daisies and somebody's playing a guitar and it just, you know, it's lovely. <laughs> but there's actually seven mirrors. There's actually seven. There's not just one. Um, and, you know, have you ever met someone, either male or female, that you're just magnetized to go in their direction? You just, you want to hang out with them. You want, and many times we think this is my, and I um, started looking at, uh, because I, I don't even know if you know this, but I used to do, um, can you hear me? I'm yeah. saying, okay, good, good. Um, I got a little message and I was like, wait a minute. Um, so, so. So I, I used to study people that had, their marriages had broken up. And um, one of my mentors is Alison Armstrong. She's amazing. And so their marriages have broken up and a lot of men regret their marriages breaking up, even if they're the ones that maybe cheated or had an affair. And both men and women can. But what will happen in those times is, you know, maybe that man met somebody he was magnetized toward, or maybe that woman did, and they're thinking, oh, well, my marriage is okay, but this is on fire. You know, we're all looking for that thing that zings us and lets us feel alive again, because most of us are running around in the freaking rut. You know, it's like day in, day out, we're just surviving, we're putting the kids to bed. I remember the routine. You know, when I would get my daughter to bed and my goddaughter to bed, I was like, I have, it was like an act of Congress that I had just passed a bill or something. I was like, this is amazing, you know? So, and, and on top of that, I used to work before and then I wanted to give them quality time and then I would put them to bed and we would do dinner and then I would work after and, you know, all this stuff. And then where's my relationship, right? But the mirror, when you're magnetized to go in that direction of that person, pause for a moment. It doesn't necessarily mean they're your soulmate. What it could mean is they have something within them that you have lost, given up, or had taken away. And your soul is magnetized toward that. And what I realized is after these people get together, 
after a year or two, they're in the rut. And, and, and the magnetization is gone, right? And, and then they're like, but I thought we were soulmates and I disrupted this you know, 15, 20 year marriage over here for this person and now we're in the rut. And what happens is once our soul learns that lesson and we recover that which we lost and with the person we're with, then, then it, the magnetization goes away and now it becomes a choice. I choose to be with you. And, and a way to look at that is if, if the person you're with has allowed you to recover a part of your soul, they loved you enough to do that. They loved you enough to do that. And let's create the excitement. We don't have to go looking at the next person for it. You know, now if it's not good, that's a whole nother conversation. You know, we're not going to cover that tonight. But, and so, and then the, the fifth mirror, if we could cover that really quickly. Um, and this shocked me when I discovered it. I was really happy when the, I, I've studied ancient texts for 26 years, and I was really happy when the Essene, um, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered because it has a lot of teachings of the Essenes and, and the seven mirrors are taught within that. And so I've read, there's a few people that have done really good work on this and I've read their stuff. And the fifth mirror is your parents reflect back to you either the masculine or the feminine of the divine, of how you view the divine. Now, I don't know about you, but that's some deep shit. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's the, when I figured that out, I was like, well, my dad tried to kill us at the age of two and then abandoned us and didn't support us. And then when I got back into his life because I wanted to be the big girl, I wanted to put my big girl panties on and live to not have regret. But I had healthy boundaries because he, he lied a lot. Um, but at the same time, I was like, whoa, is this how I view the masculine divine? And when I got truth on it, my heart was so healed. Like, I, I can't even teach the fifth mirror without crying. because And, and I think on the video, I did cry because I get to where I'm like, what a gift to me to heal that which I believe that separated me from the divine. And so could it be, and I, you know, this is just a question, I'm just asking, could it be that my dad loved me enough to be an asshole so that it could reflect back to me how I really viewed the divine so I could get that healing? Wow. I don't know, but I'm... <laughs> Such a powerful message, isn't it? Something to really consider. and. I know, like, I've done a lot of work on both my parents as well, um, a lot of self-development yeah. around it. And you know what? I had a great upbringing. There was nothing really wrong with, with my upbringing. But to get a better understanding of each of them and mm -hmm. to, to really look at what was being reflected back, it's yes. just, it just blows your mind, doesn't it? And it just, yes. you become more at peace, more, you become calmer in the actual relationship with them because now you can just let things go and you can understand why they are the way that they are and be at yes. peace with it so I, yes. I love all this stuff I think it's absolutely amazing <laughs> and I love if anyone wants to listen to um, Claudette's mirrors um, video that she did she'll talk about this later in the call but you can get access to um, her incredible group and um, and follow her as well so Let's, let's get down to the nitty gritty because I know okay. you've got so much to offer mums out there and <laughs> I'd love to know, I, I ask every guest this, what's the worst thing you've done as a mum? And we get all sorts of answers, but I'm, I'm interested to see what's the worst thing you feel like you've done as a mum so far? Oh, I could be such a bitch. Like I, okay, I, I'm embarrassed like um, because, you know, my daughter would be, I don't know, six or seven, and I'm trying to ask her to do something. And you know, you're juggling 15 different things and she's not doing it and she's not wanting to do it and she's just whatever, or she's lying about doing it and all this stuff, you know, it's just all this stuff. You know, like, would you just fucking do it? Would you just, <laughs> and then it, it would get to a point where I would just start screaming like a crazy woman 
um, there was nothing enlightened about it. You know, I, I'm on this spiritual journey and then all of a sudden I feel like I need to have an exorcism. Like it's really, it was really bad. And then I'm, I'm sitting here and then I'm screaming and then I'm catching myself. Thank God I caught myself. Like I was trying to train myself, you know? And so I would catch myself and then my eyes would get really big and I'd look at her and go, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I was just like, you're driving me crazy, but I'm sorry. (laughs) So I had to, I had to get a grip on that. And I went through stages, you know, those, those little, those little babies, you never know. I mean, that, you know, six pound, eight ounces coming out of your vagina would have such power over your life. You just, you don't know, because it's just like, Oh my God, rock my world. Right. So I, each stage of her development, I would grow. I I would be a crazy person. And then I would step into my power. Right. And remember who I was. And then the the graceful side of me would come forth and, and then she would grow again. And so it would, it was like a little level up game every, every year, every stage, everything that she did. And, you know, as a teenager, oh God, I can't even, um, you know, I was like, I could kill her. No one else can, but I could, that it was so, you know, so yeah, I had to, I had to seek the truth within me about that, you know, and, and I, the, the coolest thing is I begin to say, um, I just lost my shit and you're driving me crazy. And, and I see, I begin to teach her about triggers and she goes, what in you is being triggered by me that needs truth. <laughs> right? So she would begin to throw my stuff back on me. And then what can I do? I got to catch it. I can't, I mean, you know, I'm like, Okay, well, that's a good question, honey. I'm really mad right now, but that's a good question. And I think I need to go to my room and you probably need to go to your room. <laughs> like, you know, so it was, it's really funny because, uh, yeah, I would just lose my temper. And um, it was like, I don't know, I'm not proud of this. And this is not the case anymore because I've worked on it. But my, my nickname used to be the Red Terror. <laughs> it's... It's not a good nickname. I'm not proud of it. So I'm not proud of that. But, you know, my husband used to say, you can talk to me or you can talk to the redhead, you know, and, <laughs> and, and so that was before, before I really had a grasp on how to get truth within myself. And um, I was acting like a three-year-old for, you know, on occasion. So I'll just admit it and own it. So yeah, that was, that's what I used to do. It doesn't work. It's, it's it's actually really refreshing to hear that other mums are as psycho as I am and that <laughs> that we all lose our shit along the way. And what frustrates me is that I know better. I've done the internal work. Yes. I've done, yes. done the self-development yes. and I can still lose my shit. And that's like, Christine, you know better than this. You're going to affect them, you know. And we did the rice experiment. Have you ever seen the rice experiment? You had two bottles of rice and you talk really nicely to one. And then you hate on the other one. And the one that's hated oh. on actually turns black. So yes. we, did that, we did that with the kids. So I yes. showed them what happens with your words, with your verbiage, if you, if you really um, don't talk nicely to people. And then sometimes <laughs> I catch myself going, oh, my gosh, you're doing what the rice experiment. Stop talking to your kids like that. <laughs> I, you know, and, and there were stages of me coming out of it. You know, because she would hit me with new stages of it. I think it's because they're growing so rapidly. Mm-hmm. You just get to this point and you're like, I got it. And then they grow some more and they challenge you in a different way. And that was my challenge. And I knew having my daughter and goddaughter was the best catalyst I could ever have to become a better person because it was going, it was challenging. I mean, there's no rule book, you know, there's rule books on parenting but we don't believe that shit. We're like, we got it, right? We've read the stuff. Like I read all this stuff when I was getting ready to have her and I'm like, oh, I, we got this. I'm gonna be the best mom 
ever, and I'm going to do better than my mom who said that. <laughs> and, and my daughter even says that to me. And I go, that's good because I've taught her the truth method. So the truth method is how you get truth within yourself to get free from a belief or even wounding or trauma. So the best thing I could have done for my daughter is teaching her the truth method so she can be healed from me. I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, so, so I was like, so yes, it, it's, it's a challenge, but it's, it's one of the best ways for our souls to expand. It's one of the best ways for us to begin to look at ourselves because you're going to be exhausted and challenged, stretched, thin, every, every possible situation. And then you're supposed to honor that little spirit in front of you that is saying no right? And all you want them to do is go potty. She never used to go. I'm like, we're getting in the car. I just want you to go now. I just want you to go freaking potty. And then we get down the road and five minutes later, I have to go potty. And it's like, ah. <laughs> so. I've totally been there as well. Um, and it's so funny, isn't it? Because as your kids are going through their rites of passage in life, you're going through your rites of passage in life. And sometimes these clashes, like for me, when I was going through my teenage years, my mom was going through her menopause, menopausal years and oh, the wow. hormones yeah. in the household were very destructive. So <laughs> we can look back and laugh about it now, but at the time it was horrendous to live through. It really was. Oh God. Yes. Yes. So, and, and, you know, talking about hormones, not to jump, but, the thing about it between mothers and daughters um, is if you think about it, daughters used to just a hundred years ago or even 75 years ago, get their period and get married. Okay. So, you know, 12, 13, 14, they would get married, but our society is like, eh, that's a little early. You're still in school. Let's stretch this out. We've, we, we've um, become healthier and we live longer, right? So now we get married later. And um, I think it's just instinctually woven into our daughters to challenge their mothers, challenge the place of the, the woman of the household. It's just, you know, and, and a mother that can stand against that challenge with love and grace. That's what, that, I was like, I know what she's doing instinctually I know what she's doing and and sometimes I would stand with love and grace and power sometimes I wouldn't but as I consciously begin to pause and think about it like I there's a power in what I call the pause you know when all hell is breaking loose just kind of in your mind let your spirit step back it's called the power of the pause just step back and start to just observe everything, but don't let the energy of, of the drama into you. Just observe, just pay attention, and, and then just protect yourself. And a good way to do that is, is some people will say, zip yourself up. I'm not saying not to be open, but that energy will jump on you so fast, you know, and then the drama starts and then it goes back and forth and it feeds on each other. I started to just step back and, and just protect myself. Like just imagine a, a suit and zip myself up and pause. And then I would start to watch everything and it began to be entertaining at that point <laughs> because, because I was like, oh, she's, you know, because I was married at the time, I'm now divorced. So I'm single and I'm friends with my former husband. And I actually um, encouraged him to date one of my friends. They were a better match. And so they've been dating for a couple years, year and a half or something like that. And, and I'm good with that because I want the, the father of my daughter to be happy. I just, just be happy. But um, yeah, the, there's a lot of power in the pause and just not giving your energy into the, the, you know, little Tasmanian devil situation that keeps happening in front of you. <laughs> so that, that was one of the things I discovered that helped me. Yeah. I, I love that. And that's something that I definitely need to master. I, I, I'm too quick to react and I don't pause. So that's definitely something that I will be bringing in. Absolutely. And I love that you said that about your ex-husband, because I see a lot of women out there and the ex-husbands as well, giving the ex-partner 
just hell, you know, and making life so difficult that it, it creates this toxicity and this vortex of everybody just feels horrible in the situation. Whereas you want him to be happy because that's your child's parent. That's your child's dad. And if he's not happy, then that's going to have a flow on effect to her, you know? So yeah. I just think that's such an incredible way to look at it. And how many women out there would go, Hey, you're a better match for my friend. Here you go. <laughs> like, that's amazing <laughs> that you've done that. That's so cool. I, yeah, I took, I took her to dinner and I said, this is going to be awkward, but Greg and I have split up and you know, if you ever, ever feel the need to date him, I'm, I bless it. And she just looked at me like I had lost my freaking mind, but I can tell you they were dating within two to three weeks. Yeah. So, you know, and the thing is, if, if you do get divorced, um, because here's another thing. So many of us are bitter. We're bitter because our husband hurt us and left us. And I saw, you know, my mom was sad for years. She was, she was very sad for years. I kind of look at it this way. If, if he leaves you, if, um, you know, if he's done you wrong, instead of being bitter, could it be the universe just going, hey, it's time that we create a new situation for you. And if you'll just embrace it, you might actually meet the man of your dreams. If you'll just, you know, if you'll just work on yourself, embrace it, bless him, send him on his way. And, you know, could it be possible that there is someone that your life could be 100% turned over in a good way? Does it have to be so bad, you know? Um, and sometimes we're shocked. Many women have been shocked and, or men because they're left. I get it. But at the same time, can we trust that maybe the universe is lining things up so that we can create a better life? And, and if we look for that instead of looking for the bitterness, to me, bitterness drains our power, drains our energy. It sucks us dry. We're like a milkshake. And, and bitterness is just taking it all out. And it's exhausting. And it's also exhausting to repeat that story, to repeat what happens so you stay in that mode. And so to me, let's get free from that. And let's just go, could the possibility be that this is all happening like it should and I'm actually going to be happier than I ever have been before? I mean, that's just a question I put out there. Could that be a possibility? It's such yeah. a beautiful way to put it, Claudette. And for me, it comes down to what feelings do I want to experience more of? Do I want to have more positive feelings or do I want to sit in pity and doubt and fear and bitterness and guilt and have more disempowering feelings? So for me, I want to have more bliss. I want to have more energy. I want to have more excitement, yes. you know, all those kind yes. of beautiful joy, things that light me up. So I'm, I've really mastered now how to just let things go. I sit in them, yes. I ask questions, but then I'm really quick to just let it go because I don't want to sit there in that negative feeling, you know, in that, in that place. So I love the way that you put that. And I know that's going to help so many listeners out there who are going through divorce, you know, or maybe who haven't, you know, made that step yet, but to, to go, you know what, maybe it is the universe putting things in alignment for me. Maybe it's an opportunity for me to grow now and, and find my voice, find my power, you know, find. So a lot of women out there I see go from relationship to relationship. They've never really had a lot of time on their own to figure out who they truly are. And it's really hard yes. to do when you're constantly around people all the time. So yeah, I just, I love the way that you worded that. All right, back to the questions. We're only up to number three. <laughs> um, so what do you love most about being a mum? What, what brought you the most joy to being a mum? I treasured when she was younger bedtime because I would hold her and I would rock her and I would sing to her and our hearts were just touching and I felt such a deep connection in what you know as they go get older um, it changes but even now um, she you know she wants to see me I want to see her um, she's going, she's attending college, but it's in the same town. So we, we get to see each other and have dinner. And it's just so beautiful. What has happened now is there was a time when she told me she hated me, 
you know, because, you know, I wanted her room to be clean and her to do her homework. And that's such an evil thing to put upon a child, I know. But, you know, she's like, I just hate you. You always, you're so concerned about the room. I'm like, do you have you seen your, do you smell your room? Like, seriously. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's, it's beautiful because for anyone going through that stage where there is conflict or the teenager stage, there is light at the end of that tunnel. And I just over and over and over see things represented in her now. And, you know, I went to stay a couple nights with her. We, we just decided that I would come stay a couple nights and we would have some fun and we would cook and we would do a, and she had a beautiful note for me and she had gone and bought um, new bedding for me and wanted my, you know, new towels and wanted everything to be perfect for me. And I just, to me, that was such a, I started crying that night because I realized it. Like when I was laying in the bed, I just realized she had given that as a gift to me and wanted me to have the best that she could offer. And um, it's beautiful when you start to see the heart of your children and, and, and when you've done what you can do to bring out the best in them, right? So I, I see that now. And I see how she cares for others. And I see how she processes things. And she doesn't have to be like me. I don't know if any, anyone should, okay? But at the same time, I see the way she actually cares, though. She still has that caring heart. And to me, that's the most rewarding thing. And, you know, I, I stayed strong. I stayed strong through the hard times. And there was a, a moment. Um, I am 53. So when I turned 50, I was exhausted. She was, she exhausted me to the point that there was no big party. There were, we just had stuff on the grill and I was just glad to be alive and glad she was alive. And, you know, but now I look back at where she's tra transformed in the past three years and it's amazing. Her frontal lobe developed more. I mean, that's basically what happened. <laughs> oh man, I love that. I, I do love that when, you know, you do instill these values and morals into your children and it's so beautiful when they're recognized or when they they come out and they they shine through that child and yeah it, it's it makes you proud and it makes you yeah feel really connected in that moment now we're going through that stage as well at night time where um you know we get to read we get to rub our kids to sleep that kind of thing i and love that yeah, yeah I, I didn't look at it from that perspective though it used to be just such a burden i had so much to do and once i switched my mindset into you know what christine this is such a privilege that i get every night to connect exactly what you said heart to heart with my kids my son uh his love language is physical touch so he loves um. He loves having, you know, he loves cuddles and he loves getting his back, his cheek rubbed. Um, my daughter is gift giving. So she, just a little note in her lunchbox, she just goes nuts for that kind of stuff. So to be able to connect on that deeper level at, you know, at bedtime, it's just, it's just something that, you know, they're not little forever, as you know. So this is just, I just feel so privileged to be able to do that. So I'm glad that you brought that one up. Um, what's what's the greatest lesson or what's a, a piece of advice that someone's given you that's helped you on your journey of motherhood? What, what would you say to that mum? I read an article at, at one point um, and it was about kids. It was about, if you think about it, no one likes to be controlled. And I had never looked at it like that. You know, I just wanted her to <laughs> just do what I told her to do. I wanted to be able to control her because I'm trying to hold the family together. And my goddaughter would come at certain times and live with me. And then certain times she would be with her parents, but it was back and forth. And, and when she came into the picture, of course, they would begin to have their issues and things and sharing and all the stuff. And um, I, I began to think, okay, they're individual spirits and I don't like to be controlled. And, you know, as they develop, of course, they want to break out and be freer and freer because we're actually raising our kids to let them go. That's, I mean, that's what we're doing. We can't, if we want to hold on to them forever in that way, then it's, it's hard to teach them how to become an adult because now I have, my best friends are my daughter and goddaughter. My best friends are, are them. 
And, um, you know, and, and I'm only in the mother role now when they ask me to be, you know, I don't have to be in that role all the time. I can just be a friend. But when I was a mother, um, that bit of wisdom guided me to have a conversation with my daughter and goddaughter about it. And I said, you know, I'm not here to control your every move. I'm here to keep you safe, keep you alive. Um, you, you, you put things under your bed and in your closets that begin to smell up the house. So, I mean, this is food that we, you know, I mean, really pizza under the bed, really. Um, so we don't want to smell that. Okay. We don't want to smell your dirty clothes. You're going to have to, you know, wash this once a week. Like there's certain things you have to do to maintain the household. I said, but if you do, I said, I'm going to make a deal with you. I said, if you do what we ask you to do during the, during the week, and I got a board because I don't know if any of you have ever heard your child go, you didn't say that. I don't remember that. No, you didn't say that. And I'm going, yes, I did. I asked you to blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, you didn't. And, um, or who did this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, so I got a board and I was like, we're putting your names on the board and this is what you need to do each week. And it is at the top of the stairs as you walk up and you can't go to the bathroom pee without seeing that board. So nobody's ever going to tell me again. I didn't tell them. I didn't, you know, so I outlined the board and this happened. I didn't care how old they were. This happened until they moved out. Okay. And um, in that moment, I said, look, I want to say yes as much as I can to you. I don't like saying no. I want to say yes, but I can only say yes when you fulfill these things on the board and don't lie to me about it. And when I come in to check behind you, and one of the things were you can't pretend you turned your homework in and get a zero and then we just overlook that. That's a problem. So you have to turn your homework mm -hmm. in every day. You have to clean your room once a week. You have to clean the, both of you can figure out how to clean the bathroom. You can work it out. They used to argue over the toilet. I don't care, there's one toilet, take turns, I don't care. Um, and, you know, so if they would do what they did, I said, as long as I can say yes, I'll say yes to anything that's possible. I go, as long as it doesn't interfere with family plans, it doesn't. And I begin to, instead of screaming, now I wasn't perfect at this, so please don't put me on a pedestal because I will fall off of it. <laughs> but I begin to go, I'm going to get quieter. And so as I would talk to her, I got quieter and she'd have to lean in. She would be like, what? I go, oh, you didn't hear me? Yeah. <laughs> I just started getting into the habit of getting quieter. So then she would have to lean in. Or if she was screaming at me, I would just step back, pause, observe it. And I would go, when you're not screaming, we'll have that conversation. And I would walk away. I would just walk away because I'm like, and, and we started joking about it because we called whoever was screaming to be the three-year-old. Oh, are you a three-year-old right now? Oh, okay, you're a three-year-old. And sometimes they would go, Mom, you're a three-year-old. And I'd be like, I am, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it start, we started to have more fun with it instead of just this conflict. You know, we started to, I told him, I said, if, if I'm going against something I've shared with you, you can respectfully call me out on it, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Respectfully do that. That works with me every time. So um, I wanted them to have choices in their power and I gave them more freedom. I said, each time you begin to do more and more and you follow through, then I, I will think your frontal lobe is developing more and you'll be more capable of being freer. I go, but I'm going to be a good mom, whether you like it or not. I'm going to, you know, it, it nearly exhausted me, but I think I succeeded. <laughs> I, I really love that idea of the board. I think I might have to, um, I might have to bring that one into our household. And you're right. No one likes being told what to do. It doesn't matter what yeah. age you are. We all hate being told what to do. So I think yeah. that's a great way. And, you know, instead of you having to keep nagging to do something, they can see it every single day. So I absolutely love that. 
Um, let's yeah. talk embarrassing moments for a minute. Like, have you ever had an embarrassing <laughs> moment where you've embarrassed your daughter or whether you, where you've been embarrassed by her? Like, there's probably many. I know I've had a lot, but... Um, uh, yeah. There's one that I remember. Um, we were in Home Depot. It's like a, a you know, hardware store type big... You know, it has all the appliances, lighting, all the, I don't even know why I was there with my daughter, but I was. And she went through a stage, you know, when you're that mom and you, you're, you get embarrassed if they misbehave in public, because for some reason your identity is linked to it. <laughs> and I realized that I, for me, I had to unlink my identity from it. I had to do what I knew to do to the best of my ability, okay? And then they were still their own little individual, you know, people, and they could make choices that you would not even expect. So I'm in Home Depot, and we're trying to find something, and she asked for something, and I said, no, we're not going to do that. And she starts rolling on the floor, looking like she's having a seizure. I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, I mean, the security guy came over and I mean, people are starting to ask, they're like wondering if I'm abusing my dog. And I'm, you know, my thing is I ain't paying attention to that. I'm still looking over here. She's rolling on the floor. <laughs> and I'm just like, when you're done, this is, I go, this is in public. If you want to, this is, you're probably on camera. Like that's how I'm talking to her. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just embarrassed, but I think, <laughs> and you know, there was a lady going, doesn't she know how to be a mom? You know, like, you know, okay. <laughs> I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? Like she's, she's, she, seriously, the guy was like, is she having a seizure? I, I go, no, it's called a tantrum. And we're working on it, but um, you know, I, I I will leave in a minute. I just want to pick this one thing up. <laughs> and I was just like, so after that, um, we were in Target, and which is another store, right? And um, she started, and I just dropped my cart right there. After that, I was like, you start acting like that, we're done. We're, we're so done. We are so done before we begin. And I begin to paint the picture of how done, what done looked like. I was like, we're so done. We were going to go get ice cream. We were going to go get ice cream. You know that ice cream you like where the swirl thing? Yeah, you would have been sucking all over that, enjoying that, but <laughs> nope, we're done. And so I, you know, all the way home, I'm like, well, we could have had this, we could have had that, we could have, and she, seriously, that works. I don't know if it'll work on everybody, but she began to behave, because I was like, this little, I don't know what that is, but that's, it was embarrassing, and then as I grew, I realized, you know, she's her own person, and, and you can apply you can like sit here and say, here's some rules, here's some guidelines, here's how to be a productive adult. But my daughter can make the choices she makes now. It's not linked to me. She is an individual spirit and hopefully I've guided her. You know, hopefully I created a little bit of a bumper guard, you know, like in bowling when you're going to have like, you know, but they make their own choices and it's not linked to me. So she could make any choice now. And I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't regret it because I think if we decide to grow, we, we try to learn, we try to be the best parents that we can be. Let's let ourselves off the hook a little bit. You know, we don't have to blame ourselves for everything and feel so guilty. Guilt sucks. Just, it, yeah. Totally, it totally. Does. It, it does. And we've spoken about this on the call before where we don't own our kids. You know, they're, they're their own individual spirited person and they are going to make their own decisions. And yes. all that you can do is just be that guide and instill as much, um, you know, values and, and morals and, you know, right from wrong, that kind of thing into them. And hopefully that when they're, they're pressured or, you know, when they're forced to make tough decisions that they they choose the one that feels right for them at the time and um, that's yes. kind of how I look at it so that kind of leads me into the next question which is all about you know traditions and you know are there any like do you have any philosophies around parenting or do you have any traditions in your household that 
you know you've used over the years? We um, we have certain traditions around holidays. Um, we have certain music we play, um, and even uh, even though I'm you know divorced now and and it's a little different, um, we you know I still try to do that. Although this year um, it was different. Um, as your children grow up, my goddaughter hosted Thanksgiving. That was the first time I hadn't cooked for eight to 10 hours, <laughs> like forever. <laughs> I was like, even prepping the day before, it doesn't even count that. But she hosted it and I brought four things and I was like, this is so easy. Oh my God, it's amazing when they grow up. <laughs> so, um, but I think it's important to have what I call memory anchors um, of special times, um, you know, just to you know just to, and, and not that they have to do it but when they do it with you because they can move on and have their own with their own family so it's not that it's not like oh my god you have to do this but it's just a memory anchor so there's certain music i'll play when they come over during christmas and then we want to make cookies and that's a tradition so cookies decorating my mom started that and that is just so much fun Another tradition we have is we like to get our nails done. Um, we like to have good food. So we like to go out to eat. There are certain things like, to me, um, what is most valuable is your time and your presence. You know, so another thing that we'll do is when we're all sitting at the table, if someone's on their phone, everybody stares at them until they get off. <laughs> <laughs> And it's really bad when I'm wrapping up work and I'm like, okay, I know you guys want me off my phone. Okay. And I'm going to get off my phone, but I just got to, and they're looking at me like, like just, you know, get off your phone, you know, but that's, we try to be present. So it's, it's the practice of now. It's the practice of being together. And, and when, and, and dropping, here's another thing we and this is something I've been sharing with them, drop all preconceived ideas about what anyone should do. Don't, you know, it, when we have a preconceived idea of how someone should love us or how someone should act, we're going to be disappointed every time. So drop that and let's start to look for the surprises and the um, evidence of how someone loves us. Let's look for the evidence of it. So we do that to each other. We'll give little notes and we'll go, giving you some evidence, <laughs> you know, <laughs> here's my that. evidence that I love you, you know, <laughs> so that's kind of what I think is really important, but, you know, Christmas, I can think of it the most, it's the music, it's the cookies, it's the Christmas breakfast, it's, you know, all of that, it's, and, and it feels like coming home to them when they experience it, and, and then I experienced my goddaughter creating her tradition, you know, and, and that was a beautiful thing. So yeah, it's just steady, steady. Show them, you know, and another thing is we don't, we don't want anyone to leave without knowing they're loved. I love you that. Know? You just, if the last thing I say to someone is I love you, I will never Yeah, I absolutely love that. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners can hear this, but Claudette has just cut out a little bit. Oh, I think we've got her back. <laughs> I'm back. I'm awesome. Back. <laughs> I, um, I really love that, honey. And you know what is so powerful about everything that you just said? You didn't mention one materialistic thing in that. You know, it wasn't about the presence. It wasn't about gift giving. It wasn't about any of that. It was about being present in the moment and I really feel like that's our greatest gift, time. Giving someone our time and our presence is our greatest gift. And, you know, that is so important to have that motto that no one leaves without feeling loved. Because how many people out there are feeling unloved, unworthy, they're not good enough, you know, and they're not being told otherwise. So that little voice in their head um, is right because what they're thinking, whether it, whether you think it's right or you think it's wrong, you're right, you know, like 
So I love that. And that's something that I'm definitely going to instill as well. So thank you so much for sharing that. I was getting goosebumps when you were talking then. Um, okay. What, after everything you know now about motherhood, if you were to have a baby again and you were a first-time mum again, what, what, advice, what advice would you give yourself knowing everything you know now? Let yourself off the hook. You know, let yourself off the hook um, because we judge ourselves as women. We, we feel like we're not good enough wives. We're not good enough mothers. And um, I learned to let not judge ourselves. So instinctually to survive, we judge ourselves and we continually become better so we won't get thrown out of the cave, right? Um, but we also have to decide what is good enough. Did my best today. Is that good enough? And um, when you do something wrong, just own it. Don't try to cover it up. It, because in, in I didn't even. Um, I didn't even cover up the fact that um, my husband and I were having problems, okay? I didn't. Um, my daughter discovered how to stand in her power when I was upset or I was upset. You know what I'm saying? I begin to go, I wasn't in my power and this is how I acted when I wasn't in my power. You can be in your power and we can make these choices and we don't. don't do this automatically. We have to do it consciously, then unconsciously and react. I, I just didn't hide anything from my daughter. Um, you know, now, obviously there were a couple of things that we didn't share. They were what it was. It's like, I would go, look, okay, I made a mistake. You should see the way my, my daughter and goddaughter eyes roll. when I've made the mistake, you know, it's like, so, so, um, but it's it just own it and, and let yourself off the hook, take a deep breath. And if your intention is to grow and expand and be the best mom you can be, then that's good enough. And just go, go straight on that path. And, you know, don't beat yourself up because if you're beating yourself up, your energy is being drained and you can't be a good mom. You can't bring your magnificent spirit to the world, right? So that's what I would say. Um, and you know, you'll figure out what diapers are better. It's okay. And, and another thing is, another thing is don't go buying all this expensive, like you just have this newborn baby and you just get all these cute expensive, She's gonna grow, he, she is gonna grow out of this in two or three weeks and they're gonna shit all over it. It's, it's just, you know, let's just kind of calm down and you can get some resale clothes fine. They're not gonna wear anything past, they grow like weeds. You know, I bought this one outfit that was like so expensive from Gymboree, the company. I don't even know if they're still around, but I was like, my baby's gonna be in the best, blah, blah, blah you know, whatever, because I, I didn't have the best growing up, so she's going to have, and she used to shit all up that one outfit every time I put it on her. I think that was the universe telling me, yeah, this is ridiculous, Claudette. So I would just say relax, and you know, the, the, all they are going to remember are the moments that you touched their soul. That's what they're going to remember. They're going to remember when they had your presence, they had your attention, their heart connected to your heart. They're going to remember that. That's going to be recorded, you know, or they're going to remember that you were on the phone the whole time, right? So, you know, when you go into a bookstore with them, don't be on the phone, read the book. When you're spending time, I was a, a, a busy mom. I was working and I actually supported the family for years. My former husband supported me by working with the company, but if I didn't make the money, we didn't have the money, okay? So I understand that. I, I understand income-wise what it is to support the family. Um, and 
you know, I, I, the thing that I regretted and I corrected is I allowed work to take too much precedence. And so I was still in work mode when I was with my daughter. So I began to consciously shift that. And, and I would literally visualize me turning off work mode and shifting into love mode. And, and that's, and then I would, and then I would feel that connection with her and then we would spend time together and we would dance and we would, you know, we would, we watched all these Disney films and then we would, we would act them out even better than the Disney film, right? You know, running around the house and she would tell me what part I had and I could never remember <laughs> all the words. Those moments, right? So that back on and go, that's what matters. <laughs> I love that. And that leads us really into the next question, which is, you know, what did you absolutely nail as a mom? Like whether it was a skill or a strength where you're just like, yep, Claudette, you've nailed that as a mom. What comes to mind? You're probably like, oh, I've got thousands, Christine. Where do I start? <laughs> no. I, I think honestly, the fact that I taught her to follow her intuition. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Okay, good. I'm sorry, my internet connection's kind of shaky right now. But um, I, I shared with her how to trust her inner I so yeah I um I think that's the best thing if we can if we can share with our kids how to go out into the world and how to make decisions that take into consideration everyone including themselves how to have healthy boundaries and how to access their inner guidance. That inner guidance goes with them everywhere. And I am 100% convinced in my goddaughter's life. There are moments that they didn't feel like they should go on a date. There are moments they didn't feel like they should go to a party. There are moments that they had just a feeling about someone and they followed it. I'm like, follow it. And I feel like that is, the preparation for everything else, right? Because that inner guidance, so many times we don't talk about that, but what is that really? Is that really true what you're saying? Or what is the truth? What is your heart telling you? And so I begin to say, turn inward and tell me what your heart's telling you instead of me just giving them advice. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I love that. I absolutely love that. And my mum needs to listen to this because she's constantly, <laughs> she's constantly giving us advice when we don't ask for it, you know? And she thinks she's the wisest woman in the world. I love you, mum. If you ever do listen to this, I do love you. But um, we don't need your advice all the time. Okay, so <laughs> my last question then is, what are three, um, three of your best mum hacks or tips? I mean, you've given, I've taken notes and notes and notes today. We've already got so much from you, but what is, how do you want to finish this call today? Like what are some tips that you just want to give um, mums out there? Um, I think, you know, one thing that, you know, I talked about the power of the pause. I think that's just amazing. I talked about, um, how you say yes as much as possible if they fulfill the guidelines of the board, of the board, okay? Um, and, you know, tap into their inner truth. Uh, you know, I talked about that. Those, those are the big things that I would say, but trying to think, what's another thing? Um, just honoring and understanding to the fullest degree that they are a spirit. So when they were watching TV, if, if, it, if it became bedtime and we were going to do bedtime at this time, I would say, I would say here's a warning for it. Um, I didn't want, to, I always wanted to give them transition time. Like you can't just expect, it's very, people get very upset when you pull them from something and, and then you just 
try to insert them in, and control them and insert them into something. So I think future pacing the evening is a beautiful thing. Okay, so you want to watch this. And once you watch this, there's going to be a time when I tell you 15 minutes before your bedtime's coming up. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to be happy about it because I'm not going to pull you away from your TV show yet. This is how I would future pace the whole thing. And then I'm like, and then you're going to brush your teeth and take a bath. And, you know, I'm going to probably squirt some water on your face. That could happen. You never know. And then we're going to go to bed and I'll spend some time with you. And that's when I can feel your heart and we love each other. And then, you know, anything that you want to share with me, uh, anything you need that you haven't asked for, that's another good question. Is there something you need that you haven't asked for? And I'll let you know if I can do it. Um, and then I would say another thing is healthy boundaries. And I can't stress that enough. So do not be the parent that says the idle threat, because then they will learn to not trust you and they won't respect you. So, it, you know, if you're the mother that doesn't have healthy boundaries with your daughter, you'll end up raising your grandchildren. If you're the mother that has healthy boundaries with your daughter, you can spoil your grandchildren. I 100% believe this. Um, and I just, you know, I just feel like that's key. Totally. And um, we're, you can't disrespect me, right? You can't run over me. Um, but I love you and I'm challenging your soul to grow. And, and so to me, boundaries are there so that their soul can grow also and they can learn how to get along with everybody and they can learn how to respect others and not cross those boundaries. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I've had to learn the idle threat thing <laughs> because our daughter was taking advantage of us because we weren't following through. So last year when it was close to her birthday, I said, if you continue to do this, you will not have a birthday party. And guess what? I had to follow through and she didn't get the birthday party. Now, she cried at the time and she was really upset. But the next day she came to me and she said, Mum, I, I really understand why you did that and I'm okay with it. So she was okay with the decision because she knew that there was consequences to her behavior and she was fine, you know? So I, I love that. And I love how you pre-frame the night. You know, we do that if we're out and then we're coming home and it's bedtime in the car, I will do the same thing. I will pre-frame, but there's a, I love that idea of, you know, asking them the question, you know, you know, if you haven't asked for something like now's the chance to do it when I'm putting you to bed. Um, I love that. And, you know, also saying, you know, I get to put you to bed tonight and our hearts can be connected and it's just a beautiful way to put it and letting them know that they're going to be happy when you come back in 15 minutes to grab them from the telly and put them to bed. I love that, Claudette. That's just, it's just so simple, but it, it works and it knows, it lets them know that they're always loved. And sometimes when I'm psycho, psycho mum, in the moment, I will say, I'm very mad right now, but I still love you. You know, I will, I will never stop loving you. Yes. It's just that I'm very mad with yes. you right now. So it, I think it's important to make sure that you're, even in those moments of, you know, um, what do we call it, like frustration, um, it's important to let them know that you still do love yes. them. And, um, and, th and that way they can never go, you know, I never felt um, unloved or anything like that. They always feel your love all the time. And, you know, my dad, my dad never told us that he loved us when we grew up. Never. We never heard him say it. I could feel that he loved us, but he never actually said yes. it. But, but now that he's in this next rite of passage where he has um, dementia, that he's now in this softer, more vulnerable side and we hear it from him all the time. And it's just beautiful. It's beautiful to have that closer connection with him now. So you just, you just never know. But as you said, Claudette, don't ever let anyone leave not feeling loved. And I just think that's such a powerful um, message from today's call. So our listeners are going to absolutely love you. They're going to want to know, where do we find this Claudette Anderson? I love yeah. her. I love her accident. I love what she's about. So go nuts. Like how can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Well, I am in a few different places. So uh, I have a website and it is, 
Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N.com. And you can always reach out there. And um, there's, there's a contact form. There's a way to get a hold of me. Um, I do offer a few different programs on how to step into your power, how to eliminate the monkey bullshit train the chihuahua and and when we get truth at a soul level our mind goes quiet this is the beautiful thing about it our mind becomes very peaceful and our mind can only tell us what is in our soul what we have taught it or what it has learned experientially so i say it is not who we are and um, so there, and then I have a Facebook group. Now I am thinking about changing the name, but on my website, we will have the right name and you'll be able to click through to the Facebook group. But right now it's Life, Truth, and You. Um, and I have a podcast coming in just a few weeks. I've, I've paced myself with everything, you know? So, and I'm just super excited that you asked me to be here tonight. You are just a beautiful beacon of light for mothers. It's, there are moments as a mother where we feel like we are at our wits end. We don't have energy. We give everything, you know, and we're exhausted. And to have someone like you uh, just sharing this and representing and encouraging women is beautiful. You're just a beautiful soul. I love you. Thank you, Claudette. I love you too. And I know our listeners are going to love this as well. I just want to say from my heart to yours, thank you for giving me your time and our listeners your time today. It has been so refreshing to hear your insights into being a mother. And I can't wait for our listeners to get to know you and follow you and be part of, you know, what you're creating out there in you know, really helping people step into their power and really owning who they are at that truth level. And I always say it, yes. you know, when, when you're in alignment with who you are and what's important to you and your values, that's when you're closer to the one, which is your soul. And that's when you start attracting the many. And when you do that, ladies, that your life will change. You know, you little things won't, uh, won't you know, knock you off course anymore. Yes. Just, you just be so in your light and things just will reflect back and blow off you. You got your blinkers on, you have your blinkers on and you don't worry about what people say anymore. <laughs> You're just on course and, and going for it. So thank you, Claudette. Really, really appreciate it. And thanks to all our listeners again for tuning into another Fearless Mums Club podcast.